0: Hey everybody
1: and welcome in. It's the Poor Man Fantasy Football League podcast. We're the fantasy football show that gives you a peek inside the life and times of our dynasty league. I'm your host Mike and with me as always is my friend Andrew. And this week we are doing absolutely nothing. That's because it's the middle of June. There's not a heck of a lot going on in the fantasy football world. So we're going to get up to some shenanigans. Uh, Andrew has found us some wonderful topics to discuss. And uh, let's jump into it. Andrew, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. And
1: yourself? I'm good, actually. I have received some mixed review news, uh, work-related. I'm not sure how to take it, or I'm fingers crossed it's going to turn out to be super positive. Um, My foreman, um, he, he let slip... That we will be getting an update regarding a bad apple on our team, good. good, and I don't know what exactly that's going to mean or look like. I suspect there's going to be a leave of
0: absence uh, yeah. uh, I mean that that could be positive and but also negative because it's uh, it maybe more workload for the rest of you,
1: yeah, but uh, yeah.
0: But at least a more positive uh, work environment, right?
1: Yes, yes. Um, so we, the you hit, actually, you, you nailed it right there. It's going to be good and bad. It's a double-edged sword. Um, so you got a bad apple in the group, and it sounds like something's going to be done about it, or something is happening. We don't know what the cause is, but this bad apple sounds like they're going to be gone for a while. Whether they take a stress leave a temporary leave of absence or whatever's happening but they're going to be gone for a little while
0: and uh, maybe that's the best thing for the guy
1: sure maybe, right? maybe. Get,
0: get out of get out of the environment recharge his batteries come back and be be back to the original employee that he
1: maybe yeah maybe that's what it's going to take um which is so the good part is is we know that we're going to be stress environment free for a while uh from him and his shenanigans Um, downside is he's not going to be at work which he hasn't really been a lot anyway so we've been kind of carrying that workload Um, but it just means they won't be backfilling so if they terminated him they would post and then we would rehire and we would get somebody new if they don't we're not knowing how long this person's going to be gone for like we might be down an individual and have to carry the workload which I guess we've already been doing Um, yeah so. Well,
0: fingers crossed it'll be a work out the best for you and you know. Yeah. Things will be things will be good that way. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping. Now, I I you know it, you know, along the work line stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh we actually talked today about uh doing something in the industry that has not really been done before. Ooh. Trying to try uh start something up that um, typical fire, um, inspection work stuff is paid by the inspection, right? Um, worth talking about doing similar to security alarms, doing a monthly thing. Okay, where the where the clients just pay uh, a monthly fee. We come out. We do the inspections. We do the, uh, do you know the basic repairs, so on and so forth, and then it's just like you you set them up like a like on a security contract. You set them up for X number of months at a certain amount per month, and then it's just they don't have to worry. It's it's good for the customers because they they can budget it out. Hey, I'm only going to pay this much, as opposed to a you know, larger sum. A larger sum all at once. so you know something interesting that we we threw around the the brainstorming table today, and I'll come up with some scenarios for for the ownership and some pricing for the ownership to to review and hopefully we get that launched here pretty quick.
1: Actually, that's kind of interesting, considering you have stated uh, in the past that your ownership group
0: uh, for the company you work for. Aren't usually that open to those kind of ideas. No, and it's it's been well, I've been there with them for what four and a half years. And been that right, long. Right, 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 oh yeah, yeah, the time has flown by, yeah. Wow. Um, but that was something that I brought from the security world right from day one. Was starting to talk I tried to start that kind of stuff at the beginning. And and yes, Mike, you were you're right, they've they have been Less receptive, but I think what they're what the, what they're looking at is a um, from almost like an accounts receivable standpoint. You know, customers might not be able to pay that you know larger sum, right? As opposed to be able to afford a smaller monthly fee, so you're not chasing them for payments, right? Okay, so that was kind of the the way I pitched it to them was, um, you know, that should help with collecting, as opposed to trying to collect a say a thousand dollar bill. You know, you collect you $50. A, you, You're collecting fifty bucks a month. Yeah. Right. So it might it 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 should work out, but nobody I nobody that I know of in the industry does it, and it's going to be but almost it, like a almost like a. Uh, uh, an extended warranty type thing as well. where Like, so, you know, if a kitchen suppression system goes off and you got to recharge it, mm-hmm. that's all covered into the monthly payment type thing instead of it being a, an, uh, a surprise. Hey, here's an extra $1,000 bill on you because we had to recharge it.
1: Uh, is there some risk to the business
0: in, in putting a client on an agreement like that? Um. A little bit because it becomes a little bit more um, administrative and cost. There's a little bit more cost on our end mm-hmm. um, just because instead of running a running a, uh, a billing cycle once a year, now you're running it 12 times a year. Okay. So there's a little bit more administrative from a risk standpoint. Not really, not really. Because really, actually, the, the, it, it's, it's more beneficial because our our cash flow yeah. coming in every month as opposed to once a year from the client okay. comes in every single month, right? What, what if the, the client like, like drops the agreement partway through the, through the year? Then they lost that money because essentially what they're doing is they're paying in advance. Oh, okay. So, like, they'll start paying me now for their inspection a year from now.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, so then they're not like, hey, you're, we're paying now, and then two months, you come out, you do the inspection. They're like, yeah, you know what? We're good. We're not going to pay them you anymore. So you're going to say, yeah. okay, well, like, let's sign you up, and then a year from now, we'll come out and do the inspections. Now you've paid, and then yeah. we come out with your annual inspection. And if something yeah. happens between now and then,
0: uh, we'll come out and come support you. Yes. Yeah. All right. Interesting. And, and, and they'll also be set up on like a, a contract to, to – to uh, cover us. Right. We'll set it up as a, a three or a five year deal, just like security does. Okay. And uh, you know, it's like you, if you sold your house before your original, original contract was done, you're still on the hook for your contract. Yeah. Right. So. Interesting. Like I said, it's just, it's something that, that, uh, that we, that we know we haven't heard any other companies doing this in the industry. And, I was. I'll, I'm always trying to re reinvent the wheel with these guys to try and stand out from a competition standpoint. So
1: that is something I learned in business class: is that when the market, it not necessarily is saturated, but when there is a lot of competition, what differentiates you from your competition? What yes. makes you different? Because if everybody does the same thing, and let's say you all have the same product. Or the same service and it comes in at the same quality. What can you do that separates you? No, that's
0: interesting. Okay, well, good. Yeah. Well, and you know, like when you're going after some of these small businesses that are, you know, just like just like employees, some of these small business guys are are, work, are running week to week, month to month. You know, not knowing where their next cut, their next customers are coming from. You know, it just makes it a a more attractive offer to them instead of. Hey, you're paying a big sum that you don't right. necessarily have. You pay a little bit each month, and it makes it easier on your books for you. Yeah, no, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, it is Wednesday night, uh, June 14th. Uh, we're, we're coming up on to the beginning of uh, mini camps. Uh, there's some yes. news that's coming out of some certain players. Uh, I got some siblings that are having some birthdays next week. We're having some summer vacation schedules at work. Um, What else is happening around in the month of June? Oh, it's Indigenous Awareness Week coming up uh, the week of uh, next week, actually. That's a big deal for us at work. We're having a bunch of kickoff events.
0: Is that next week or the last
1: week of June? 21st. June 21st is when it starts. Oh, okay. Yeah, June 21st is the kickoff to Indigenous Awareness Week. And, uh, yeah, we actually had a, a major event uh, last night at uh, Edmonton City Hall. It was kind of fun to do. Got to hobnob with some of the indigenous elite within the city um, as they prepare for, for its kickoff. So last night was they did uh, an indigenous art walk uh, announcement. Um, hmm. I got to say, there is, when it comes to art, there's truly an interpretation of what you like and what you don't like. But it's still oh. art nonetheless. So oh, yeah. four, four um, Indigenous artists were commissioned, um, three of them being well-known Indigenous artists, and then a fourth was like a kind of like newer to the Indigenous art group. Uh, Because the three of them had all known each other. They've been around for, like, decades. have all been, like, producing stuff. So they weren't, like, new to this. But the fourth one was, and you could see the styles were dramatically different, yet still had a strong hint of Indigenous feel and content to it. Um, So it's now proudly on display at Edmonton City Hall. We will be there for a few weeks until it transitions to be um,
0: hung in various buildings around the city. So
1: that was neat.
0: Sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Sounds you know, and, and like you said, you know, a, a new up and comer. Yeah, different perspective on even their heritage. Totally, because they um, grew, well, grew up in a different era. Yeah, generationally, you
1: can just see yeah. the, the, the tone and the feel. I didn't like it. It didn't. It didn't resonate with me. But just observing the artwork, is like okay, those three. You guys have been doing this a long time. I can see you have a re- refined ability to create art in your medium. Um, how do I put this politely? It seems like everything that we've seen has come from just like these three people. It's like they've they've been around and they've kind of cornered the market on being the go-to um, artist because everything that I've seen looks like the stuff that they do, or they just do what like everyone just kind of like does that style. It's all one style, but there's like, there's just a slight variance in each interpretation, for sure. each piece. Um, So it's all similar. This fourth person was like, it's like night and day. It's like looking at 70s artwork and then seeing something from the late nineties with like bright neons. And it's like, okay, there's some jagged edges here. There's some kids with some hats on backwards and they got skateboards. It's like this is very nineties-esque in the sense okay. of how different it is from this old style. And it, it feels very new and vibrant. And I'm not like much of like an artiste or a critic. Um, but it was just it was just kind of neat to listen to uh, the artist talk. About their process and where it was coming from, and the entirely different perspective because older generation, younger generation. So this would almost be like like grandparents, uh, really old parents with a uh, an early mid twenties uh, child, right? So it's like you're you're totally seeing the world through different lens, different experiences. Where some of these older people had come up through the residential school system, have been through. Um, some of the really negative things that, that our country is unfortunately uh, associated with in their relationship with indigenous people and this younger person um, didn't have that okay right? where, where their their parents and their maybe their grandparents were part of uh, residential schools in the 60s scoop and and some of those uh, atrocities um, but didn't live the residential uh, our reserve life um, grew up inside a, loving family and had means and didn't have didn't come from poverty didn't live the what is we think is of the traditional indigenous Canadian life so it was it was neat very colorful
0: still didn't like it though oh well, yeah like t- you t- said yeah everybody's taste for 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 art is is different and interpretation is different but Mm-hmm. you know you could you could even do a a, a comparison of you know if we were if you and i were asked to draw a picture <laughs> yeah okay and, yeah. The, and then our and then our daughters asked to draw uh, a similar picture right the perspectives could be two the pictures could be totally different yeah it's like based, okay. based on you, on you
1: the four of us, so you and I and uh, our daughters, We're they're all saying, Kate, hey, we want you to draw, um, the motif is the perfect day. Yeah. So you're not given any more inspiration or information, just like the perfect day, just, just do a piece of artwork, with the inspiration of it just being the perfect day. And it would be really interesting to see what each one of us would come up with and what we would do as a style. right? Well, maybe maybe my daughter would use wax crayons. Uh, maybe I do everything grayscale. Maybe you do some kind of like uh, paint. You'd use acrylic paint. Uh, maybe your, your daughter would use, uh, she'd use concrete with uh, spray paint, right? She'd do like graffiti style. Who knows? Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of the, the beauty of it. You're given a limited inspiration and just said to go. And then you, everybody comes back and you, it's it's nice to see how everybody interprets
0: that. And it becomes a talking point. I already know my perfect day. <laughs> hot wings. Big old thing. Of, I was just going to say a big old thing of wings, a drink, <laughs> somewhere by poker, hot, by a pool. By the pool. Not or, or, or by the stuff. beach or wherever. With a good view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay.
1: All right, well, we do have some football news. Uh yes. you've gone out there and you've grabbed some tidbits here. Uh the first one being Diggs not at Bill's mandatory camp. That lasted what, a day?
0: Uh, pretty. He was there today. Uh yeah, he was there today. Uh he <laughs> the article that I read, yeah, he he was he was in Buffalo mm-hmm. um for his Physical stuff on Monday uh, didn't show up Tuesday, but then had a conversation with the GM and um, um and the coach. coach McDermott, and apparently this is still stemming back from the Bengal loss in the playoffs last year. He was not a happy guy. They got him and Allen got into a scrap on the sideline during the game. Oh. Uh and one of the comments was Stefan Diggs was I'm not okay with losing. was one of the comments he made to Josh Allen. So I don't know if if Josh Allen kind of said, but you know, the game's over you know why are you getting in my face blah 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 I don't I don't know all the don't know all the particulars okay. but that was that was one of the comments in the article was uh it wasn't a he didn't show up because of a contract thing didn't show up because of a physical thing it was an internal personality thing so we'll see if there is tension between them really okay know.
1: So he took that loss differently than Josh Allen and is upset with Josh and how he took the loss.
0: I'm thinking, I'm thinking that type of competitiveness. Yeah, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's it's nice to
1: be a competitor, but man, you can't be. I don't know. That's well, that's it's almost like
0: it's almost like a Antonio Brown or OBJ type. You know, is he being almost like a prima donna where he's this was this this was like five months ago and you're still kind of carrying a little bit of a grudge with it or and, uh, and yeah. work it out on the field, man. Yeah. If if yeah. you're that upset that, that you
1: lost to the Bengals, um don't and don't let me. it happen <laughs> again. Yeah, don't let it happen again. Do everything that you can do that's in your inside your control to make sure that doesn't happen again. I yeah. I'm pretty sure you watched the game. I don't remember. Is this is this the game where they uh, they couldn't play because of the injury? The the no 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 no. This was the
0: playoff game. Um, so, right at the end of the game. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that he
1: blames Josh Allen for the loss? Like, is that? I no don't know.
0: Reputation?
1: Oh man. Um, but powerful duo. I would hate to see um him have a bad year because he gets upset with Josh Allen and Josh Allen's yeah. like it's like I'm not I'm not
0: here to support uh, your baby drama so uh, yeah. I'm going to throw this ball to somebody else. Yeah, you would hate for that to happen because he is one of the he's one of the best wide receivers in the league and you know, you, you would hate to see that team start to uh, to have conflict. I mean, unless you're yeah. a dolphin, unless you're a dolphin fan or a patriot fan or something like that, that yeah, right. Then he you're matter. hoping, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the hoping, yeah. yeah.
1: As a fantasy owner, um, I don't want to see that. Like, that's one wow. that makes for bad football, and two, it's it's not fun. All right. Uh, well, he's back. He's back at camp. I haven't heard how he was. I just heard that. I just saw the uh, a posting say, "Oh yeah, you know, Terfond Diggs back at camp today." Cool. Right yeah. on. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll hear some more news over time.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and- the second little
0: tidbit was that uh, Cook uh, has said, Alvin know, yes, uh, I'm going to take my time to find a new place to play. I'm not just going to sign the first contract that comes my my way. He wants the right situation in the right place. He goes, you know, one of the, like the, the, the quote he made was, you know, I'm a good player. I'm a good teammate. I'm good in the locker room. I just want somewhere that they want me to help them win games. So it, it doesn't sound like he like it's, it. Doesn't sound like he's saying I want x number of dollars for x number of years. He just wants the right situation. He wants to win. I uh, sure wants to be a, a, a good a good environment.
1: I'll add so. to that. I also heard. He won't accept four to five million dollars a year on a short-term contract. He will or will not. Will not. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I realize uh, because we've talked about it many times that the the devaluation of the NFL running back is really starting to hit, and some players. Um, case in point, Jonathan Taylor uh, was uh, spoke out in an article that I saw today on NFL.com. Uh, about that exact fact and what it means for him and his long-term future because he's a, he realizes that I'm in a contract here. We have a brand new quarterback, systems changing and yeah. there's there's a possibility that I might not get offered what I think that I'm worth because the rest of the the league isn't willing to put that kind of money into a running back. And you know, it's it's unfortunate. So Dalvin Cook, who's also out sitting out there looking for a team, uh, with Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, um, Cream Hunt. Cremant. Hunt. Uh, so there's there's also like, like Kenyon Drake. There's lesser players out there. that are also yeah. looking for teams, but uh, someone um, is going to take take a lower dollar value deal to play. Those that play will offer value. But they're also solidifying the, the devaluation. Yeah, the, de- the devaluation is some okay. moment they start signing those contracts. Um, Josh Jacobs, I also hear, is not willing to sign his his franchise tag. Oh, well, there you go. So if he decides to sit out because he won't take the ten million dollar franchise tag oh. on the one year,
0: uh, my next my next point says to that right there as well. Yeah, like uh, throw uh, it up, man. Uh, Bring it in. They Saquon Barkley is open to sitting out this year mm-hmm. if they can't come to a, a long-term contract extension. Um, so I, either either NFL teams are going to have to step up to the plate, mm-hmm. or running backs are going to have to say, "I guess we're just not worth it." Yeah, and, and to me, to me, it I, I think it hurts the game if the the running backs have to start settling for less cash because i think they are as important if not more important than that wide receiver core and i know we've t- we've, we've talked about it over the last few weeks but i mean you could you could have a team that's got two or three decent wide receivers but you know, it, t- most teams only got one really good running back Right, so to me, so to me, that one running back is more valuable than your w your wide receiver two and wide receiver three, but okay. they're not getting paid as much as the, the the two and the three, in some cases are right.
1: Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you do need a, a responsible, reliable running back, and yep. if you don't have one, then you don't have a solid running
0: game, and teams don't respect it. Well, yeah, because then you become a one-dimensional team. You're just a throwing team. I was like, hey, you can't run. We don't have to worry about that. Or vice versa, if you're just a solid running team, like you look at, you look at the Titans a few years ago, where it was just Jarek Henry. That was their whole offense. The Carolina Panthers, their whole offense was Christian McCaffrey, right? Defenses zeroed on McCaffrey, took him out of the game you know, because he was injury prone. And where did that yeah, offense go? He was getting
1: way too many touches and he had to. Yeah. Know, okay. Well, then let me, uh, maybe this is why uh, league talk here at this point. Uh, Gabriel and let's see, who else was this? And, uh, and Marvin, Gabriel and Marvin both bid on Matt Breida this morning. So last night, yesterday, they obviously saw the news regarding Saquon Barkley. They put bids on Matt Breida, who's looking to be the, the backup for saquon barkley yep. and i'm like well that's interesting why did they do that so then i started looking into it and like well obviously there's there must be a reason these guys are putting bids yeah. on uh a nobody well that's because there's a good shot that unfortunately <laughs> i was looking at the
0: articles a day late <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> it happens it happens just really interesting that uh we might
0: be devoid of some seriously good running backs this year Well, and is it going to be the teams aren't going to miss a beat or are the teams really going to get handcuffed? Because, again, like you said, if if you don't have to respect the run and you're focusing on the wide receivers, does that drop the number of catches they make because they're getting double teamed and triple teamed and, you know, Defenses are playing further back, so guys aren't getting the deep balls anymore, and you know it it, it could hurt the wide receiver fantasy value now because they don't the teams don't have really good running games. This
1: could be a year
0: where defenses really
1: step up, and we see a decrease in the overall scoring, um, both in real life football and in fantasy, because teams disrespected the running back position teams that have good quality running backs, say like those like Joe Mixon, let's say he does play this year, um, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Brees Hall, when if he comes back healthy enough, like yep. guys like teams like that that have reliable running backs that we know they're going to play, Austin Eckler, uh, they're going to run up there and they're going to play really well. And we're probably going to see those teams score a lot. And then teams that don't have that running back solution where they're going to use a um, running back by committee, but no real blue chip style player because they weren't willing yeah. to pay someone I, I think by the end of the year they'll be like hey look our points per game dropped um, our overall performance dropped because we didn't have that reliable blue chip even if we didn't use them all the time and we still spelled them off we still needed that really good running back and the only way to get one is to
0: pay one yeah yeah and, and, and hopefully that balance will come back into into play you know, I, I I get from a fan perspective of of, of watching football, the fans want to see that 40 yard pass and the, the receiver break away from the the defender and then run for another twenty five yards for a touchdown. Those fancy plays are 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 great for the fans sitting in the in the in the stands watching the game. Um, you know me being an older fan, I like the running game. I, I, I love watching that where guys, you know, some of the Barry Sanders highlight reels yeah. and the Marcus Allen highlight reels and Eric Dickerson and guys like that, that, you know, could just roll over a guy or make guys miss them. Mm-hmm. And then break um, off in a sixty. Break on. yes Yes, those are to me those are more exciting than the the bomb to the wide receiver scoring the touchdown. Yeah, they yes, you get, those, you get those fancy one handed catches, and yes, they look great. But I like the bruiser guy that would just run over the the linebacker, or run over the the safety, and then break off another forty yards for a touchdown. You know. You know, like Devin Cook Cook has a lot of those. Yes, he does. He does. And I think there's, uh, you know, this whole, when this all started happening with Minnesota, I was like, like, what's going on there? He still has a lot in the tank.
1: Mm -hmm. But they probably came
0: to him and said, hey, look, we're willing to keep you on the team, keep you going,
1: but we're only willing to pay you this. Yes.
0: And that's probably, he was probably insulted by it. And probably yeah. said, uh, no. And they probably said, you either accept it or we'll waive you.
1: Or trade you, right? Which they tried yeah. and nobody nobody came calling because no one was willing to pick up that price tag.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like, yeah. okay. Uh, so they waived him and now he's going to go to a team. But like the Le'Veon Bell situation from a couple years ago, he might not get the deal he's looking for.
0: And, and then that year off could hurt him. Yeah. Yeah, that And that's, you know, that's the biggest concern. Um, and one of the separations between the wide receiver world and the running back world, if a wide receiver takes a year off, mm-hmm. he might not lose that much of his game as mm-hmm. where the running back taking the year off, not taking the hits, not having that physical contact. Might hurt them like it did with Bell, right? You just don't come back the same guy. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, he wasn't the same guy after that. But you look at Josh
1: Gordon, he's had lots of time off and comes back. And as soon as he hits the field, he's ripping off yeah. um, big runs and he's still doing amazing catches. So, yeah. Okay. Um, anything it, else in, in the football news world?
0: Yeah, like the, it, this, the, the whole contract stuff is not just the running backs this year. Um, you know, Justin Herbert. You know, some of his comments were he hopes he doesn't have to answer the questions about his contract extension much longer. However, uh, he has hinted that if he has to start missing some practices to light a fire under the team's butt to start talking to him about contracts, yeah, uh, he might start doing that. So, wow. I, and I think. <laughs> I don't even know who the backup for the Chargers is. Um, uh, it's probably nobody, nobody notable. Yeah, like Tolbert or something like that might be their backup. Oh, okay. Um, you know, if he's if he if they if he doesn't get the deal he wants and he decides to sit out, what's that going to do for the Chargers? That might not be so good, especially with the the whole fiasco that Eckler went through. To,
1: to come back to the team. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that can be scary. To me, Justin Herbert's a quarterback that deserves being paid. Um, he's a pocket passer. He doesn't run as much, but he's a good pocket passer. Um, he's, a, he's a top six right now on um, Dynasty QB. So
0: hopefully that gets done for him. I, I don't see why that wouldn't. Neither do I. I th- the only thing that I could think that could hurt them is, or hurt him is the fact that the team always seems to falter at the end of the season and not take that next step to get into the playoffs, win a couple playoff games, like even getting close to being a scary contender, right? Like during the regular season, there always seemed to be, I wouldn't want to play the Chargers except for in the last four weeks of the season when they, they seem to work. get rolled over. <laughs> yeah, Wow, right? because they get the, it's they're like they're like the, the 49ers. they seem to get that injury bug there toward the end of the season and that kind of derails their their progress. So I just uh, th- that might be the one thing that could hurt them. and it was like a even like an Andy Dalton, right. Yeah. couldn't you couldn't get your team to the next step so do you really deserve the, the big bucks
1: no you don't but uh, so
0: I, I believe more in Justin Herbert than I do in Ed Dalton Oh, percent hundred percent in their primes in their in both of the guys in their primes um, yeah Herbert's a better quarterback. But it's I, I kind of that I liken it as where they're in the same kind of situation where it was uh uh your team you didn't elevate the rest of your team to to, ne- to make the next step. So why 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 are you commanding all this big money? Right. Okay. Um all that- right all the big news that came out Um, the NFL and CBS put out a, an interesting list. Um, I saw it on, on social media today. Uh, It was either today or yesterday. Um, Every NFL's teams, all time leading receiver by yardage, by yardage. Yeah. And this was a, a really, really interesting, list some guys you know I, it, it shocked me that they were the the leading receiver by yardage for their team um yep. some guys were were an obvious like you look at Jerry rice he
1: Number was one overall.
0: The, he was the obvious for, for, for the 49ers sure okay, um,
1: okay after looking at this list here's some of the quick takeaways um all these guys except for one are done playing football. Like this is some most of these guys have been done playing football for a long long time. So it surprises me that they these lists haven't been beat or these these numbers haven't been beaten yet that these guys still especially, hold that yeah, especially in this era. In this era, passing. yeah. Um and there's only one guy here that's currently active and should will continue to pad his stats. The second thing that I found interesting uh is how low some of these numbers are. Yes. Yes. Um. So what I'd like to, I'd like to do is I'd like to I'd like to share because I think this is this is super awesome. I will post this up in the in in the league chat uh, at some point when we're done here. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to go through this list with you. No, yep, for sure. And just and just get your take one because I don't know some of these players.
0: Oh, for sure. Some of these guys I don't recognize either, like Johnny Morris. Okay, we'll figure this out. So for
1: each team, the number one overall, and how they've ranked it is they started with the the player with the highest yardage overall, which in this case is Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice has got 19,247 yards for the San Francisco 49ers, which is an epic number. Epic number.
0: So that's not like, cause he played for the Raiders after. So his mm-hmm. 19 247 is not his total career career. It was just what he put up with the, the 49ers. 40.
1: Yeah. So a guy that sticks with a team for a long time has a good chance of, of setting some good numbers. Obviously if you bounce from team to team, it's you're not going to have that. Yeah. So, let's take into consideration uh, players that have played essentially for one team or just had a really long tenure with that team. So let's Jerry Rice. Do you think 19,247 is beatable by anybody?
0: No, no, No. I that's, that's going to be one of the, wow. Oh, geez.
1: With a single team. When I'm looking at these numbers of the players that come up next and where they rank, I'm thinking, yeah, no 19,000 is going to stand probably uh, for our lifetime, if not our kids' lifetime. I can't see, one, uh, a team keeping a player long enough to give them an opportunity to try and surpass a number like this on any team. Yeah. Um, and two, I, I don't see a career lasting long enough for a, a girl no, that, to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, because in, in, in today's era, you'll be sure you, you could probably get hot for four or five years. Mm-hmm. But then your next up and coming guy is going to steal your thunder, like right. Jerry Rice was. Jerry Rice was, you know, the the top guy in San Francisco for probably twelve years. He was the top guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't you're not going to. I don't think you'll see a guy in in, in today's NFL be the only go to guy. Well, not shouldn't say the only go to guy, but the top go to guy for that long. Yeah. Anymore. Players because around on one team. And and, and he was very lucky to have had two back to back great quarterbacks throwing to him. Yeah. Right. Like you could, you could be in, you could have been in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers' whole career. And then you get love, who, where your productivity may just fall off a cliff may completely disappear. Yeah. So, again, a guy, having a quarterback that could last you 12 years would be rare, too, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. Having a, a decorated career like, like the 49ers had
1: there. Okay, yeah. so number one, Jerry Rice, 19,247. Number two, not a surprise, actually, Larry Fitzgerald for the Arizona Cardinals. But you, you know what? This
0: 17,492. This one did surprise me. Really? That he's, that he's coming in at number two because – he was on such bad teams for so long, but he had such a great run of eliteness. And it's probably, I think He's his last four
1: years in the league were just, okay, you know what? I love this team. I love this league. I will take a pay cut. I will hang out. I will mentor. I will just be involved. Don't let yeah. me go. So yes,
0: but, but he also didn't have, uh, you know, his whole career. He didn't, he didn't have elite quarterbacks his whole career. No, like Jerry erased Kurt it. Warner. Okay. Kurt Warner. Yeah. And then like Carson Palmer. Yeah. He didn't have like a superstar throwing the ball to him. Wow. Um, you know, so it was not surprised that he's on the list, but surprised that he's number two on the list. Okay. Right. Who would you have expected to be number two? Honestly, like the guy that came in like fourth, um, or even 5th like Isaac Bruce and Marvin Harris. I would have thought those guys would have been a little bit higher because they, you know, Marvin Harris had Peyton Manning throwing it throwing it to him. Yeah. Isaac Bruce had uh Kurt Warner throwing it to him during their heyday. Okay, right? So some of those guys, Chris Carter um you know, uh is he even on the yeah, list? Yeah, he's on the
1: list, yeah. He's yeah, no,
0: oh, no, no! Somebody else that I was thinking about that that's not even on the list, you know, like uh, 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 there's well, there's quite a few guys that 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 aren't on the list that that are elite quarter, they're elite wide receivers, yeah, but you know, somebody else just stole their thunder, right?
1: I guess, yeah. Okay, let's keep going here. So we had Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Tim Brown of the Raiders, 14734. Yes. I don't know Tim Brown.
0: Uh, he was he was an Olympic uh, 100 yard dash guy, okay um, Kind of like um, Tyreek Hill had that speed. Okay. Um, okay. played for played for quite a while and played on decent teams back in the the, the 90s. Okay, so that's his era. Yeah. And then you already mentioned
1: here Marvin Harrison at fourteen thousand five hundred and eighty at number four. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. He he played with with great Peyton. Um yes. not so that's not surprising to see him on the list here. Um not seeing anybody challenge those those four? No. 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 Not for their teams, not at this point, anyways. Um, And I'm curious to see, as we go down through these numbers, I want to see where you think a a threshold is where you think, like, okay, uh, we're in the 14,000s. You let me know when you think there's a position here. Like, yeah, you know what? Somebody could surpass that. So uh, next up, number five, we got Isaac Bruce for the Rams, 14,109. That is the name I'm familiar with. Uh, As well as this next individual, Andre Johnson, 13,597. I didn't realize he had that with uh,
0: with the Texans. Yeah, I was I was I was a little bit surprised by that one because I thought, oh, they've been around long enough for somebody to gather that many yards. Yeah, right. That's my thought exactly. Yeah. I remember. I, I, I still think of them as a new team. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't like, been around long enough. But here, if, yeah. no, it's
1: 30,597. My second year, actually, the year that I got you into my work league, um, I remember. Uh, seeing Andre Johnson play for the Colts had did nothing all year, except had uh, his very first game against the Texans. He did like 30 points, right? He had two touchdowns, nearly 200 yards and then did nothing the rest of the season until the second game against the Texans. And then he balled out again. And then that was it. He was retired after that year. So he just, just, just had one last year played well against his former team and then was gone.
0: Yeah. Motivation enough, right? Team
1: yep. cuts, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Andre Reed, an individual I do remember during the their back-to-back Super Bowl era, yep. thirteen
0: thousand ninety-five. See, and this one, I, I, you know, not to take from away from Andre Reed, but I, with with the history of the Bills, mm-hmm. I would have thought somebody else would have been the top okay, guy. Give, give me a name. Do you have a name in mind? Oh, or I, don't, don't? I, I don't. I don't. I okay. really. I don't. It's just because they've been around for so long. Yeah. Right. Do okay. you thought it would have been somebody else? So in this case, yeah. Andre Reed. he's the
1: only classic name I know from the bills just because he shares the same last name as me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> number, uh, number eight on the list, Steve Largent, who I only know because of the uh, CBS football game that
0: you and I oh. played. <laughs> See, I, cause uh, he, he played in the, the era where I was growing up with football in the the eighties, um, he was the. As soon as I saw the list uh, of what this was, first mm-hmm. name that came to mind, to, to one of the first ones that came to mind was, it's got to be Steve Largent for the for the Seahawks because okay. I couldn't really I couldn't think of anybody else. Um, you know, even though you know you think like Russell Wilson was such a, a throwing quarterback yeah. and, but still. Steve Larger played probably for ten or eleven years, so and that's
1: probably what's going to keep that record out of the hands of somebody like uh, DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now this next one is interesting. Dallas Cowboys come in with yes. 12,977. I did not see this player as being no. the guy.
0: I would have thought Michael Irvin.
1: Witten. Yeah, right, Michael Irvin. Um, but no, it's Jason Witten. And that's purely because of the length of the career that he had. Yes. Yeah. Jason Witten, 12,977.
0: Good for him. Yeah. Uh, the next one was kind of a
1: a no no-brainer. Brainer. Yeah. Uh, if you had to pick the Atlanta Falcons, who's the wide receiver that leads them? Julio Jones. Yes. 12,896. And he's he's still not officially retired. Nope. No. He...
0: Uh, he... he he could sign
1: somewhere. I doubt it. Go,
0: go sign back with the Falcons and increase that number so he could pass Jason Witten.
1: <laughs> well, on on this specific on this particular chart, he wants yeah. to pass Witten. <laughs> okay, uh, then we've got uh, the Minnesota Vikings with Chris Carter, yeah. 12,383. Okay, this is this is where I'm going to pause and say, is that number beatable by someone? Say Justin Jefferson. Let's say Justin Jefferson spends his whole career in Minnesota. Does he have a chance at beating twelve thousand three hundred
0: eighty three? I don't know. It's going to be tough. Again, you look at you. You look at the teams nowadays that they're going to want they they want two or three guys that are ball hungry, right? So yep, a ten year career that means you're averaging twelve hundred. Yards a season. You know, most wide receivers are getting about a thousand.
1: Okay. So if you had to wager a guess, I'm going to tell you that Justin Jefferson entered the league in 2020. So he's got one, two, three years under his belt. What do you think his totals are right now with uh, receiving yardage, just receiving yardage?
0: And uh, three years. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I want to say probably 31 3200 then he is on a he, he could be on a on a track to, to pass him so he has
1: 1400 16 16 and then 1809 so 4800 yards so far if you just took the average of 1600s, um yards per season which is what the average is right now which is pretty impressive. Uh he'll achieve that in two in less than two contracts.
0: Yep. Ten, a 10-year career, you know, that would put him up at 16,000. Yep. So like he's on the trajectory. Now granted there's
1: probably going to be a massive dip when Kirk Cousins is no longer the quarterback and they do the transition.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, and there's probably just the aging out uh, of your position and your skill set, right? So that's probably going to decline. But, yeah, no, he, I think he has a great shot of surpassing Chris Carter at 12,383 if he's able to stay with Minnesota for his the bulk of his career. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, next up is Jimmy Smith for the Jacksonville dragwars 12,287 yeah.
0: points. That was... Yeah. Um... He was their first wide receiver. He was the top. He was their guy from when they opened the franchise. Didn't they also have a Michael Smith junior? Oh my
1: goodness. Um, I just, I just looked up Jimmy Smith. He's still available in, in sleeper. He's a free agent. He can still. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Again, the Jaguars, the Jaguars, like are, are like, um, uh, uh, um, like the Texans, right? They, they they both came in right around the same time, so they're relatively young, young franchises. So I mean, these guys have put up impressive careers. Okay, I take that back. This Jimmy Smith.
1: Probably not same one. back. No, not the same one. He's a different Jimmy Smith. He's a cornerback for was a quarterback for the, the Baltimore Ravens. He oh. retired last year.
0: Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Not the same Jimmy Smith. Just interesting. I like I never heard, don't know anything, but it makes sense if he's the first first wide receiver, long-term yeah. tenure, uh, racked it up. I'm not I'm not seeing somebody on the on the roster or the way this team is currently constructing itself year after year. That's going to be able yeah. to achieve beating that.
0: No. Um, the the next guy, that's who I was thinking was with the the, the Jaguars as well. Uh, but Steve Smith from the Panthers. Yeah. So I mean a, again, that's they're in the same boat as the Texans and the Jaguars. Young, mm-hmm. young franchise. You know, they got they went out and they got their stud wide receiver, rode them for their seven or eight, eight, nine years. Career, yeah. yep. Yep. Um, I, I, like you, like you, I don't think that team is poised for the next few years to have somebody try and challenge those numbers. No. No. Um, the next guy on the list, Heinz Ward for the the Steelers. Yeah, I would thought I would have thought his numbers were higher than that, but obviously not. But had a good career with them.
1: Mm-hmm. Him and
0: Big Ben. They did. They worked well together for
1: the time that they were together. Um, yeah. It's just kind of impressive how long Big Ben had a career for, hey?
0: Yes. Yes. Well, he came in with that class of Philip Rivers. and Yeah. And yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next guy on the list, Art Monk for the Washington Commanders. If they get to keep I mean, that name. I mean, if, they <laughs> keep, if they get to keep that name. Yeah. Um, he was an impressive wide receiver back in the, again, in the 80s, 90s. Um, so, he's, uh, you know, I'm not surprised uh, that he's the, the guy on the list. But, that, again, that team has so much history. I'm sure there's some guys. That. I'm sure there's other guys that are probably close that are in, like, the 10,000 range yeah. off that team. But well, this right? is
1: the guy who's at the top of that list.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the next guy surprises me because he's a tight end. He's the second <laughs> tight end on the board. Yes. Yes. Uh, Antonio Gates uh, for the Chargers. Um, and, and the reason it surprises me uh, back in the 80s, the Chargers were a passing team with Dan Fouts.
1: mm-hmm
0: And I'm surprised there isn't somebody else that's that's on the list from them. I, I can't – Antonio Gates was a great tight receiving tight end. But, uh, yeah, in the in the Dan Fouts era of them passing the ball, I'm, I'm just – I'm surprised that he was the guy. He is the guy.
1: Now, we're going to take over uh, to another dude who I think, um, like his picture should be black and white. Don Maynard, 11,732 for the New York Jets. I think this is when they invented color photos because his photo <laughs> is terrible.
0: Yes. It's probably from the 70s. He's got, looks like he's got the sideburns of the, well, yeah. of the 70s.
1: Don Maynard, another name I am not familiar with.
0: No, um, I don't know him.
1: Ooh. Donald Rogers Maynard from 19, he was born 1935 was an American professional football player who was a wide receiver known for playing for the New York Jets in the national football league. He also played with the New York giants, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Shreveport steamers. Okay. Oh my goodness. Why would you name your, your team? The steamers. <laughs> it's like a, that's like a fad pile. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> um, what's uh, she had a 12 year career with the jets.
0: Oh, that's, there you go. So 12 oh. years, he wasn't even averaging a, th- a thousand yards a season. Okay, so here's here's his career. He
1: played for the New York Giants and was cut. Played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats and lit it up. Oh, wow. Uh, got picked up by the Jets and played for them for 12 years. Moved to the Car- St. Louis Cardinals. Moved to the, uh, within, which then became the Los Angeles Rams, or I guess there's a weird star here, but it doesn't say why. They came uh, became a Los Angeles Ram and then played for the Houston Texans and the Shreveport Steamers in
0: 1974. Wow. The so does it, have, does it have the breakdown of his, his years with the Jets? Uh, like what was at, his best year? What was his worst year?
1: Uh, it does not show his, uh, oh. his performance. It does oh. say he's a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl three, AFL champion in 1968. He's a two-time first team all star in 68, 69. He's a second team All star in 65 and 67. Uh, Four time All star in 65, 67, 68, 69. He is a receiving touchdown co leader uh, in 1965. He is the all, he made the AFL all time team. Oh, wow. And he is, they retired his a number, his jersey. The New York Jets retired number 13. In in his honor. His receiving yards total for his whole career, eleven thousand eight hundred and thirty four. It shows here that he had eleven thousand seven hundred and thirty two with the Jets, which means all of those other years he, he caught a total of a hundred oh, yeah. yards. A hundred yards between the the, <laughs> the Giants, the the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Texans. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, he did good things for the Jets. Yeah. Okay. Up next is your favorite team. Oh, yeah. And this does not surprise me. Calvin Johnson, 11,619. Uh, what surprises me is the number of yards. I thought it would
0: have been higher. He didn't
1: have that long of a career.
0: I know, but he was so dominant. Was. <laughs> that was the thing, right? Very so. dominant.
1: Uh, so yeah. congratulations. Uh, he's also patched up. The team has now patched up their relationship. Uh, oh, with really? Kevin Johnson, yep. Yeah. Uh, so he's officially uh back in in, uh, in the mix. He's showing up to camp, he's mentoring uh the wide receiver cr- uh group, particularly Jameson Williams. Um, it's just nice it, to have him back inside the fold. See, and become he... the next
0: wide receiver coach.
1: Uh, maybe I don't know. I'm I don't... didn't seem like the kind of guy that wants to coach. Oh,
0: okay, yeah.
1: You know what? I'm actually gonna look him up, Calvin Johnson. Johnson. He is not available in Sleeper. Sleeper was officially removed him. Oh. Well, that's too bad. I thought that would be kind of neat if he's still he's still sitting out there. Calvin. Oh, wait, no, no. Well, that's C.J. Johnson.
0: No. Oh. I was going to say, does that mean you're going to go pick him up?
1: Well, you might remember uh, a long time ago we had a conversation that we should add in a. Roster spot for, for retirees. For retirees, right? So you can you can put your Brady's, your uh, your yeah. uh, Drew Breeze's your Calvin Johnson's, uh, your Chad Ocho Cinco's um, yeah. on on your benches, and just like you know what, just have them there as your team avatar. Yes, mm-hmm. I of think of I still have Brady
0: good. on one of my on one of my <laughs> A- rosters so, right now.
1: You know what? Don't drop him yet, guys. Don't drop him yet. Just hang on. Oh. Just hang on. All right, so after after Calvin Johnson, we've got a guy again. I don't know Rod Smith of the Denver Broncos.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, I think he played in the John Elway era. Um, he must have, but I don't remember his name. I I do from again from when I was, you know, uh, a young guy growing up. I'm gonna say he played in the 80s, early 90s.
1: Well, oddly enough, there's a couple of different um, Rod, Smiths. Rod Smiths in the NFL. So give me a second as I try to um, look this guy up.
0: Oh, well, move on to the next guy first. Um, the next right. on the list that – oh, sorry. Did you find him already? I did. Yeah, I got him. There was – um, there's two, a running back and a wide receiver. Yes. So
1: this individual played from – well, his whole career was with the Denver Broncos from 1994
0: to 2007. There we go. That's actually a good long career 13, 13 years. But but okay so this speaks to it again, right? So he did uh 11,389 in 13 years. Yep. So, so he's averaging less than 1000 yards a season. Season. Yep. So that's 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 what makes like the Jerry races of the world so much so more incredible, right?
1: Uh, yeah, because they averaged their average per season is so impressive. Like right now, Justin Jefferson's in that upper elite category. Yes, he average sixteen hundred yards a season. He's gonna he's gonna dominate and be up on this chart in no time.
0: Yes, That's crazy.
1: Yeah. All right, well let's keep moving along here. Uh, this is this is a guy that doesn't surprise me, but the fact that he doesn't have more yards than Antonio Gates and Jason Witten.
0: Tony Gonzalez. Yes. I think because he left Kansas city and went to Atlanta. Yeah. If he had just stayed with Kansas city. He'd be, he'd be top 10, maybe probably. Yeah. But I think he saw the writing on the wall with Kansas city that, you know, when he was there, they were, uh, Right. A really competitive team. Uh, well, no, a really competitive team. Um, And then they went through a little bit of a drought where they weren't very good. And those were the years that he was in Atlanta. So not to say that it was his fault, but yeah. I just think he saw the writing on the wall that the team was in a rebuild and it was time for him to move on. Okay, so... <laughs> He realized great because look at look at this.
1: I'm going to share these numbers with you. Tony Gonzalez with the Chiefs, he has ten thousand nine hundred and forty yards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With the from 2009 to 2013, so four years. In four years, he accumulated just over five thousand yards with the Falcons. That's twelve hundred and fifty yards at minimum, an average a season. Yeah, as a tight end. As a tight end. yeah, That's awesome. Holy crap. Yes. Yeah. And he had a long career. 1997 is when he entered the league and he retired from the Falcons in
0: 2013. And in... The, it was 2000 or 2001. He almost left because he was being pursued by an NBA team. Really? Yeah. He almost quit to go play in the NBA. But the Chiefs stepped up and paid him the money they that he wanted.
1: Good for them. Um, The accolades on his roster are just impressive. 14 times pro bowl. First team. Yes. 14 years out of your career. You made first team all-star.
0: Yes. He is in my mind. You know, you got some great tight ends right now that are playing right now. Mm Mm-hmm. But he is the greatest tight end to have ever played. He's he's up there with any wide receiver of all time. Impressive. It is
1: just a talented monster. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. My two teams are back-to-back with the Chiefs and then the Bengals. Yeah, here we go. Right. The next right. on the list is Ocho Cinco,
1: Chad, Chad Johnson, Johnson. ten thousand
0: seven hundred eighty-three. Uh, yeah, Jamar Chase. Um, you think Chase could catch him? Um, it
1: depends. If they renew Higgins, Higgins will do it. If they renew
0: Chase, Chase will do it. I don't think they can afford to keep both receivers. Probably not. Probably not. Um, and I don't think. Johnson, I think maybe, what was his career with Cincinnati? Maybe eight years. Um, He has to to be up in the upper
1: elite, upper elite uh, yards per year.
0: Yeah. Um, But again, Cincinnati, again, they went through so many years where they were such a crappy team, right? Um, but it does not surprise me. He's the top guy. And again, that's, that's one. That's one that one day somebody will catch. Somebody will catch that. Okay.
1: Uh, um, yeah, that seems very doable. This one, this guy is the only active player in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Mr. Evans, Mike um, Evans
1: of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. And he hasn't been playing that long has he? No. He's he's on a second contract. So he pa- he made it through his first. He's on a second. I think he's approaching the end of his second. So I think he's 8 years in.
0: So he could he could still be productive for the next 3 or 4 years.
1: Yeah, totally. I think he I think what, he's 28 29. Uh, so he's still got a few years left in him. Um, I, is he, he going to
0: average a thousand each year? Probably not. He has a thousand every year that he's been in the league. I know, but as he d- declines off, and them not having them not having solid quarterback, um, mm-hmm. you know. But so so even if he if he did another three years with the Buccaneers, I could see him, you know, up in the twelve thousand. Like up with Hines Ward and Steve Smith, yeah, up in that era. Yeah, I think his target should be thirteen
1: thousand. I think that to me, if I'm if I'm Mike Evans and I'm looking specifically at this chart right here, uh, my goal would be to to end my career with thirteen thousand yards with the the
0: Buccaneers. Wow, that puts him up in the top eight. Yeah, overall with a single team. Yeah, that and that that's an impressive career. That is really, really impressive.
1: That is, that is something notable. Yeah.
0: The next one, I'm again. This is one that baffles me.
1: Okay, um,
0: Stanley Morgan with the Patriots. I,
1: I'm hope I'm hoping there are some Patriot fans out there who know who this guy is.
0: Yeah, I don't I I don't recognize the name, um, but you know they were so dom the Patriots were so dominant for so many years. Right? Like, I'm shocked that another player from the Brady era isn't the top.
1: Yeah. um, Okay, so let me give you this guy's career. He played for the Patriots from 77 to 89. So that's 12 years there. He had one year with the Colts, and then he disappeared for a year and came back to play for the Broncos in 92. Has a really really impressive uh, resume of what what he's been able to accomplish. Um, Page of the calls, Pro Bowl, All Pro. Had some big, really big years. Way back, way back when, in the uh, the late seventies, was really he was from the Tennessee Volunteers. Has really good uh, college production profile. He played. He did everything. By the way, he did. He was a running back. He was a receiver and a kick returner. Oh wow! Yeah. So his stats. His 1986 was his biggest year with 1,400 yards. Uh, just receiving. Wow. Uh, he was a running back for his first couple years, where he did, he, he was dual threat, and he was the official partner returner for 77, 78, 79. And then he stopped doing punt returns. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's not bad. He his average yards per reception were nineteen point two yards per reception.
0: Okay. He was a threat. Wow. wow. I, again, it's it kind of surprises me that there's somebody from the okay. his average average yards per season under eight hundred. But you okay. think somebody like Amendola? Yeah. I guess his career wasn't long enough, right? I, I'm guessing
1: that's just it. Their careers weren't weren't long enough, but 400, 800, 1,000, 1,500, 800, 700,
0: 700, 1,400, 600, 500, 400, 300. Yeah. So <clears throat> to me, oh. this is beatable.
1: They just, need, they just need to find one receiver that's going to stick with the team long-term. Yeah. Um, after they get rid of Bill Belichick, because I don't know if Bill Belichick will keep uh, one guy to develop.
0: Yeah, he does, that's not his style.
1: His style. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that was Stanley Morgan. And then this, again, Green Bay Packers. I don't know who this guy is. Who's this guy?
0: Uh, Donald Driver, I believe, played in the Brett Favre era. Donald Driver, looking him up right
1: now. Um, doo, doo, doo. Wow, he from nineteen uh, so nineteen ninety nine to two thousand twelve.
0: Yep. So, yeah, yeah. So basically through the Brett Favre era and Aaron Rodgers era, so he had good quarterback. Well, he was there in two thousand nine. That was his
1: last productive season. Yeah. Uh, so he starts off. Uh, nothing he 31 yards 300 yards 160 yards and then it's like a 1, thousand 1200 1200 1200 1000 1000 then 500 621 so i guess when you have that many years you have 13 years with one team it makes sense uh but yeah. he, he has some some really decent production there uh from 2002 all the way up to 2009
0: yeah Again, is it could it be uh could somebody from the Packers surpass him potentially if they again they draft a young guy, a Christian Watson, if they can get a good quarterback and he lasts there sick, for 10, yeah. 12 years? Yeah. Because again, this Donald Driver, like, what did you say? There was one year he only got sixty nine yards. So uh, must have been an injury an injury season.
1: Okay, so his first year, he only played six games, 31 yards. Then there you he go. played uh, 16, 13, 16, 15, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 15, 16, 13. So didn't miss a lot of time either. Oh, okay. I guess that also matters, right? Uh, if, you're, if you're not injury prone. Um, yeah. He lost his job to Jordy Nelson. Mm. Oh, that's right. Look at that. Okay. Um, whoo, whoo, whoo. Despite losing playing time to Greg Jennings and ultimately Jordy Nelson, Driver was a veteran presence for a young Packers receiving core led by NFL MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers at the twilight of Driver's career. Cool. Hmm. Good you. Now, you know, it's kind of a neat uh, learning experience. Yes. Oh, wow. All right. Next up on the list from Donald Driver, we move to Marquise Colston for the New Orleans Saints. That guy did. That guy recently played in our fantasy football career, um, but that number is only nine thousand seven hundred
0: and fifty-nine. Oh, that... why did Drew
1: Brees not have anybody better?
0: Well, you got to. His career wasn't that long; only two thousand eight to twenty thirteen.
1: Okay. Well, that explains that then. But that's me. Yeah. We're we're now in the realm. All of these numbers are beatable. Yeah. Oh, and easily. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, dive deep into these guys. But okay. So we got Marquise Colson. Then we're moving over to the New York Giants. So our resident New York Giants fan, do you know the name Amani Tumor? Oh, Amari. Oh, Amani Tumor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's small print. So Amani Toomer, 9,497. I would think this is beatable.
0: I would I would think so, Um, you know, same thing like again, this is a situation where, you know, you had like the Phil Sims era where, oh, my gosh, they were a good team back in the the night, the 80s, 90s. I'm shocked that there's a guy that only has 9400 yards.
1: Victor Cruz didn't didn't beat this.
0: Okay, all right. Not really not long enough. Okay, we're gonna move over to the
1: Philadelphia Eagles, where Harold Carmichael holds that title with 8,978 yards. Yeah, I think Harold Carmichael.
0: I think the the Eagles right now Mm -hmm. have a couple of guys on their roster and they got a good young quarterback. If that core can stay together, I can think I they could probably shatter this in five years.
1: Uh, I would suspect it would be Devonta Smith because AJ Brown lost a good chunk of his youth uh, to the Titans. I don't think he'll be with no. the team long enough to be able to surpass this, but I think Devonta Smith, if they keep him uh, two contracts, could beat it. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Miami dolphins, Mark Duper, 8,869.
0: Yes. This must've been a friend to Dan Marino. I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Again, they're uh the group of guys they have right now can't see it. But you know, down the road that's this is a, a, a an easy crushable number.
1: Yeah, Jalen Waddle. I'm gonna give it to Jalen Waddle if they sign him two contracts. Regardless of who the quarterback is, Jalen Waddle in a in an in eight to ten year time span. Well, he'll he'll surpass eight thousand yards. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Yep. Um, this one, this is where we're really dropping off the, the the numbers here, folks. The Cleveland Browns, Ozzie Newsom, recognizable name, a solid tight end, a great career, 7,980 yards. Let's just say 8,000 yards. In their long tenured history, 8,000 yards for their
0: best yeah. receiver. Uh, again, this is what shocks me, just from the standpoint of the age of the team and, the success that the team had um, in the earlier days. Mm -hmm. Um, Not so much nowadays, but I think with them, they're almost like the Patriots where they almost have a revolving door. You're only here for four or five years and then get out four or five years, get out four or five years, get out. So unless they, unless they can pick up a guy that's going to get drafted and stick with them for, you Know a Donovan Peoples Jones, maybe, but I don't even think <laughs> yeah. that. But
1: yeah, I don't know if I'd take that bet, but um, no, I think that's totally doable. Yeah, uh, heck, Mari Cooper might even get pretty close by the time he's done there.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, next up is this This one's interesting because it's the Tennessee Titans, but the player's
0: actually a Houston Oiler. Yeah, yes, Ernest Givens. Yeah, you got to go so far back with this team mm-hmm. to when they were the Houston Oilers mm-hmm. to, to put up the number.
1: Okay, so Ernest Givens had 7,935 yards. Um, yeah. Again, a beatable number. And that's the last of the mediocre. Now we're getting into the absolutely appalling numbers. Two teams are left, folks. Yes. Next up, the, uh,
0: the Baltimore Ravens. Again, with the Lamar Jackson era, there should be somebody that could pass it. Easy. Derek, unless, it's unless, it's him, unless it's because Lamar Jackson is running it too much and not throwing it. Uh, you know, they're no, they're gonna make a shift. They're gonna
1: move, they're gonna move that ball to the air a bit more. Yeah. So let's say Rashad Bateman or Zay Flowers has a shot here. Uh this number they have to beat is by Derek Mason, five thousand seven hundred and seventy seven yards. Yeah. Okay, I'm not sure how that stands, but again, right.
0: a, a, a guy could conceivably, you know, like you say, Azay Flowers, three to four years could beat this number.
1: Justin Jefferson is at 4,800 in three years. This yes. guy's at 57 in whatever long tenure he's had that nobody's been able to beat yet. Yeah. And then the saddest team on the planet, and I'm sorry to say, uh, is. The, the Cleveland, the Chicago Bears. And yeah. this photo is a legit black and white photo. Yeah. This guy, Johnny Morris, has accumulated 5,059 yards. So all you got to do is surpass 5,000 yards for the Chicago Bears and you officially become their all time receiving leader.
0: Yeah. Three, three seasons.
1: And <laughs> you could, um, so do you think DJ Moore? <laughs> in in the in the twilight of his career do you think he crushes johnny morris's um uh, yardage totals here this is
0: wow it uh no because they don't have a quarterback that wants to throw the ball right now no but to me, <laughs> uh, but, but it, it's, it it is every you know, i i on this list on this list yep yeah. honestly I would say you're looking at the top 8 is a, is a probably not going to pass them. Um even the top 9 you're probably not going to pass them. Um, other than that, I think the rest are potential.
1: I have a I I have a question. What position sure. do you think Johnny Morris played? tight end no
0: running back yes
1: not just running back he was the fullback (laughs) 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 okay he did he did play wide receiver in college but his career uh, was only nine
0: years (laughs) so he averaged 500 yards a year (laughs) Not even 500 yards a year. Yeah, so he had he had
1: nine years. He was in the league from 58 to 67, all for the Chicago Bears, right? So that's, yeah, it's nine years. Yeah. Nine years. And he accumulated 5,000 receiving yards. <sighs> then he joined the, the Chicago Broadcast Sportscasting Network.
0: That wow. just – that. That speaks volumes for that organization that, you know, they were really, because they've been around forever as well, but they can't seem to get a guy to go there, stay there, be productive for more than two or three years. He was a 12th round selection in
1: 1958. 12th round. Okay. So he has held the receiving record for this team since
0: 1967. Yeah. Even, even, th- wow, that is just. But but you think that, like, but because mind boggling about it, when you think of the Bears,
1: yeah, you think, of the ba- it's
0: you, you, you think of the Bears early, early, early on, like when this guy played, and then you think of the Bears of the 80s. The dominant team of the 84, 85, 86. Yeah. But really outside of that, those teams the teams outside of those two little eras really the team sucked. Unfortunately. Um so I can see why their fullback is their top wide. Oh, that just <laughs> that sounds so wrong. Your it fullback does. is your your fullback is your best wide receiver of all time. Um, for yardage, uh, but again, it speaks volumes as to how the team is uh set up, right? They're not set up for somebody to be on the team for a long time,
1: no. Actually- and even
0: look at it, you even look at like even in this era, the team just uh, a lot of the teams. It's, it is like, like I said earlier, the revolving door where you're not with somebody for more than four or five years. And, and is it because the team doesn't want to pay you or the team wants to get rid of you for some reason? Right. Like it's, it's rare to have a Larry Fitzgerald anymore.
1: Yeah. It, it is, it, it is rare to have anybody play on a team. Uh, for that length of time, regardless of your position, like not yeah. even kickers are are able to to last with teams for a long period of time.
0: No, because once you're, it's always that. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. you have one bad, you have one bad year, and the team wants to get rid of you. But well, you may still have a bunch in the tank, right? It's like the 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 Dalvin Cook situation, you know. Didn't have the greatest year last year, so now they want to move on from the guy. You know, I still think he's got a ton in the tank, and uh, you know he could still have some good seasons. Um, You know, so off the list, it's amazing that there's eight teams that don't even have a ten thousand yard receiver. Yep. And even more amazing is that Jerry Rice has more more than the bottom three teams combined.
1: Jerry Rice is epic and he deserves all of the accolades. Yes. Yes. But the Tennessee Titans, the
0: Baltimore Ravens, and the Chicago Bears are embarrassing.
1: Browns, you need to get off your butts, guys. Come on.
0: Yeah. Those numbers really are embarrassing when your top wide receiver has less than 8,000 yards. Um, or your leading receiver is is running back who played yeah. wide receiver <laughs> in college.
1: Yes. Yeah, and you haven't, and that's that's stood since 1967. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: That's, that's an amazing stat. Okay. Well, you're year. have... <laughs> 50 years and you can't get a guy to get more than you can't get the 5,000 yards, 5,100 yards. <laughs> oh
1: man. Okay. Well, you know what uh it's been fun. Thank you very much for joining us uh tonight um, It's the off season. We're gonna find some weird and uh obtuse things to discuss uh so thank you very much, Andrew for finding this particular item because we yep. we flogged that one to death. It was fun uh you know what i i keep,
0: I keep seeing these ones these things pop up um heck, who knows maybe next week I'll have uh running back yards or something touches yeah we'll see we'll see what uh what shows up on my social media
1: okay sounds good all right folks we'll enjoy your weekend whatever you get up to be safe have fun and uh, yeah i guess from one poor man to another remember if it's not fun it's not worth doing good night everybody
0: have a good week everybody